I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And back for another week of the fifth and last NRL podcast. Boxhead, how are you doing? Good, buddy. All good. All good. Life's good, mate. Mate, you've done it again. The fans love you. People are calling for names every week now when their team plays the Titans. It was the massacre in Mudgee. It was the slaughter at Suncorp. The Tigers fans have already asked for one this week. Mm. What have you got for it's us? It's lights off in Lemire. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they should fucking do. Turn the lights off. Oh, uh, how good. Anyone that doesn't know, the, the Campbelltown Stadium is located at Lemire. Okay, it's the name of the fucking suburb. Yeah, I've had one or two say the same thing. What's Lemire? It's literally across the Turn lights the off in Lemire because no one wants to fucking watch it. So yeah. I didn't even see the game. I know people are probably going, uh, it's easy to say that because you got beat. But seriously, the Broncos are shit and the Titans are worse. So I, um, I saw the score was 22-0. I was like, oh, okay, great. And I was wrapping up at training. Um, got in the car, called my wife. She said, oh, it's 22 all at half time. I said, oh, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Um, she said, oh, do you want me to push pause on it? I said, no, just leave it. So I came home, watched Godfather of Harlem, which is, I'm hooked on that at the moment. Stan, is it? On Stan, yeah, with uh, Forrest Whitaker. It's unbelievable. Yeah, fair enough. I just watched one on <laughs> Stan, actually. Going well off topic. What's uh, City on a Hill? Yeah. The Boston crime, I think it is, and law and all that. Is it Kevin yep. Bacon? Or I'm watching Your Honour at the moment. Oh, I told you to get on that. You yeah, enjoyed well, it? Yeah, it's good. I loved it. Good. I binged it as quickly as I could. It, yeah, we've got four to go, I think. There you go. So, yeah. We'll start a little bit off topic. There you go. Well, there's three good it's recommendations. It's not off topic because we talk about that shit all the Listen time. Listen here, man. your honour, watch it. It is an absolute bell ringer. Mm. It wins the premiership for TV shows <laughs> that I have watched in recent times. Um, but yeah, there you go. Lights out in Lemire this week. We'll keep them coming. Lights out in Lemire. That's your thing now. Jingles every week for Titans games yeah, for the punters. Well, we're playing some areas at four o'clock on Saturday. I think the Titans are at what, what time's that game? I think they're on the same time, or maybe five thirty. I haven't. So really. I thought, oh well, I won't have to watch it this week either. Great. Oh, there you go. Even better. Well, let's kick things off as we always do uh, with our set of six six topics, opinions, anything we want to talk about, and I think number one, uh, probably the one that's been drummed up the last few days, thrown about and was dangled out there as if they didn't know a thing about it last week, was the conference system. It has reared its head again. I Just like called. it. Wayne Bennett, both proponents for Landy's, are saying there's a lot more detail on that than we've ever talked about, and we're just mm-hmm. something they're working through, etc. I, I think it's a bit more than that, but well, I'm I'll a bit like on it. the opposite side. I like I'm it not if it's team. 20 teams. Yeah, we've I'll... got an emotional attachment to how things always were. That's our problem as a game. We want everything to just stay the same. That's not how the fucking world works. So we need to get on board with it. Um, it that's the way the game's going to move. I think the sooner we can have a Sydney Grand Final, the better. It'll be outstanding. 
I just don't um, think the conference. I just in America to me with thirty-two teams, bunch of different areas. I think twenty. It makes sense. Twenty in, teams, in two lots of teams. With the way we're going, like, and I know it's the. Argument no, I don't, I don't even think it'll happen this decade, right? In the next decade, probably, maybe not even the next two decades, but we're going to get there. That's how it's going to look. Uh, I, I'm not keen on jumping on it right now, and I'm not keen on jumping on it in eight and eight. Uh, I'd sooner go to three by six. Yeah, if you're going to do that, even this right? whole thing about. Uh, you know, it, it makes this big point of difference that Sydney teams get revenue and they play the Sydney teams. Most of the Sydney teams already play each other twice now. It makes no fucking difference. Mm. The outside thing of that for me, which is also the disparity in the US at times, is strength of conference. So if you're looking at this season in particular, right now as a Melbourne fan, I'm feeling pretty bloody good if we're outside the conference. Because yeah, between Brisbane, the Gold Coast, the Cowboys, yeah. the way Newcastle and the Raiders are looking right now. But that's not the point of it. It's more I get people that, just don't like the conferencing. I think it'd suck if you were Newcastle and Canberra because you're they're going like, to travel. two hours away, two and a half hours away, and then you've got to go here, there, and everywhere. But they're going to travel every second. I heard, heard him say that doesn't affect them. It does affect them. I was at Canberra. When we catch a bus to Sydney, it's one thing. But if you're predominantly twice like doing all those other teams, you're probably yeah. doing a bit more travel. If you're in Newcastle, similar deal. You bust it for the majority of places. If you're telling them they've got to fly to every single one of those places, they're doing a lot more travel. Yeah, that's fair. For the Cowboys, Melbourne, etc. yeah, you're probably saying that you're, you're taking their shorter trips away. I don't think it has as big an effect on them, but you are taking away more Sydney trips. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it wasn't even that stuff. I think we're going there. Me. We're going there. I wouldn't but I don't, I, don't like, I don't like conferences 2 by 8 I no. like 2 by 10 But I'm more like you. If we get to 10, I could accept it in the fact that in a 20 if team you played everyone twice, that's 18. And then if there's previous links that existed on the other side of the draw, you could make up the other six games if that's what the broadcaster wanted still with 24 rounds where, you know, if Manly's outside of Melbourne's thing, Manly-Melbourne, the hate runs deep. Yeah. So you've got to make that game happen. Or, you know, that that's the sort of example that I'm, I'm getting back to. Like, you don't want to take away from those sides of things either. Yeah, but, like, thing... I think rivalries are... Some rivalries are going cycles. Manly Melbourne was a big rivalry. I don't think it is anymore. It's like people are like, oh, you know, the Broncos won a rivalry game. It's like it's a toilet bowl. You're both rubbish teams. <laughs> like, Penrith Parrot at the moment, that's a rivalry. They could both win the comp. Yeah. South Roosters, that's a rivalry. They could both win the comp. I think it the depends. Other ones, it's overstated. It depends like, if you're oh, more attached though. Like, it's big brother, little brother. It's like, yeah. you're both ants. But just from my time growing up, I guess I'm more attached to say that game because of the battles we had with Manly. So I just associate it's this a little thing. Bit it's like this emotional attachment we have to things of the past. I'm not like, opposed to change, but I don't like what they're throwing up right now. And I'm more with you. I think we need more teams first before we consider that sort of stuff. Drop the emotional so. attachment, people. Get on with it. Uh, and then people were throwing out a bunch of different stuff off the back of it. Buzz brought up relegate, like all this kind of stuff. That's Promotion not, relegation is the dumbest yeah, idea. It doesn't work here. I've ever heard in my life. Like the second tier competitions and half the clubs can barely afford to run as but is. You're gonna, how, how the hell are you going to go from a $10 million salary cap and yeah. then bump a team down to a $4 million and salary again, cap? again, we're not, we're not the soccer side of things where they don't just have the English league. They've got multiple other leagues. So when they need to shed contracts and the TV deal happens and they get If you're going to do that, don't down. have conferences, have two two divisions of 10 and have an A and a B have a, a and have them on the same salary cap. Mm. It's the only way you could do it. Yeah, and you, obviously, but again, though, you need enough money in the coffers and the TV deal. We've to have got a second tier now, this. man. Like... Get, get a real second tier. Like, And what I mean by a real second tier is have a legitimate reserve grade competition that's attached to each NRL team. Each NRL team has to have their own reserve grade. They play, play before. Yes. 
It's the only, but neither of the states are going to want to do that. And see, this is the other thing that I agree with you. And even back in the day when I played the 20 system, people saying, you know, I, I thought the 20s, the concept was good. They just had it asked about in the fact that we were treated as the next step down RL. And guys that played the year before, say I got to Canberra and I left Penrith. But, but hang on a minute. They that, were then, that was that the TV rights treated as a you were the next step. Yeah, but the, the clubs smarter NRL well. the clubs, clubs, the clubs were still debuting. Yeah, not, not all of them. Mate, well, I'll tell you what, we had guys jumping straight out of our 20s team. It was a good 20s team, mind you, in the first mm-hmm. grade, as did a lot of teams. But the success showed, for the most part, that outside backs and halves and guys that probably weren't exposed as much physically and defensively were the ones that succeeded forwards were the ones that were really let down by that system because they didn't get enough time to develop and it was almost considered that if you weren't made it by the end of 20s that your time was over, mm, which is ridiculous. But what did make sense is they funneled guys one year out of 20s that they put on first grade contracts at the time to South Logan Magpies at Canberra and they were basically isolated for the whole year. Mm. And we were there every day with first grade on the buses, travelling, floating around and being treated like we are you know, hot shit. But realistically, we'd done nothing yet. Mm. Um, so I, I think to get it the other way around and with the funding we've talked about this before that every time a TV deal has happened or every time money's come about the top end got richer and the minimum wage only bumped up a little bit if you could find a way to scale a second tier comp like you're saying for New South Wales Cup Queensland Cup for all of them to be combined and everyone have their own team and somehow have a minimum wage across the board for those guys with incentive to get to first grade and obviously be upgraded or get match payments or however they used to do it I think that's the way forward Something along those lines. I don't yeah. think bringing the 20s back per se in, in the format that it was is the answer. I'd love to see it back on TV, don't get me wrong, but I think more what you're saying. We need a genuine second-tier competition where everyone has to field a team. Everyone's got their best guys that are outside their top 30 and best 20s, 18s kids already playing up, as they do now for the most part, and they're afforded a reasonable sort of living to encourage that to grow. Whereas at the moment, I still don't feel like we take care of the bottom end. No different to the argument. People say we don't have enough talent. I don't think we don't have enough talent. I think talent quits too early because there's not enough incentive to hang around. Mm-hmm. Mind you, the what's happened with the Super League and the funding over there and what's happened post-COVID, there's probably not as great an outlet as there was prior to go over there and maybe travel a little bit and enjoy yourself and get okay, mate. Yeah, we're getting way off task. So, off topic here. But the conference system, people are here, there, or everywhere about it. I'm like you. I think it's a while away, but... I think you need more teams and it needs more thought. That's just my opinion for now. But uh, tackle two, and there's plenty of uh, issues popping up this week, but probably none more so than what's going down out in Canberra. First, we're looking at the results the last few weeks and we're talking about what's going on. People have been questioning decisions, whether Croker is really injured or Hodgson's really injured. Is he resting players? Is he dropping players? He's been throwing out some comments. Papali, you know, I want the real Josh Papali back. And then Josh comes out and says he's basically... Head's not where it needs to be right now. He's talking about not playing Origin this year. He's, uh, you know, that that sort of thing after just extending, I'm pretty sure, at the back end of last year for a significant amount of money is quite surprising. And then you've got Joseph DePine's wife making comments on Instagram and pouring some more petrol on the fire there. So it's just uh, all sun and rainbows down at Canberra at the moment, that's for sure. Well, losing culture, losing behaviour, blame, excuse, denial, finger pointing. Uh, this is what losing teams do. So winning will fix it. But how you win when you're in that mindset and in that environment is very difficult. Mm. So it's not looking good at all. I, You know, if I had players' wives doing that and was in that environment, I wouldn't be feeling great about going to work or turning up to training or, you know, the uh, prospects of getting a win. They've got a very talented side, no doubt. But 
That's some big issues at the moment. Yeah, and well, you've just upgraded who was probably the best front rower in the comp last year, and we're eight rounds in, and he's saying that you know football's not really the priority right now. And he's mentioned some little things about the extended off-season into Origin, into boxing, and he doesn't regret any of that. But if you're the Canberra Raiders or you're a Canberra Raiders fan, it's not really what you want to hear from one of your marquee players. And if you're a Queensland fan as well, I'm sure they're not happy to hear those comments that he's potentially not focused on origin at this point in time. And I'm all for well-being and if there is other things going on outside it, but, you know, when it rains, it pours. The Tapine situation, people are saying, you know, how would that go down? You know, with somebody like Ricky, I'm sure it wouldn't have gone down well because we know he's a very angry man. From all reports today or the last couple of days, he's pretty keen to go head-to-head with everybody at training. He's not backing down and he's still getting stuck into the players and may have uh, approached Joseph Tapine about the situation, but... uh, it's going to go one of two ways. It's either going to get uglier and things are going to spill over and we're going to see more or it's going to galvanise the group and they're going to need to come together. But it's no good when you've got those leaks coming out, uh, guys underperforming, not playing well, wives making comments, an angry coach, and everyone's pulling in different directions. Um, and then today, there was already made comment about three big clubs monitoring the Tapine situation and a lot of people are going to laugh and say, how, but Melbourne Storm, Sydney Roosters, Penrith Panthers, all instantly apparently tapped onto the situation with Joseph Point. Mm. So I don't know what's going on there, but I also don't think Ricky helps himself. I've said in years prior, and I love, got you know, a bit of an affinity still for the club. I haven't spent some time there and had mates that are still there right now. But I just feel sometimes in the press conferences and other things, you create a culture with the way you carry yourself as a coach for your team. And same deal at the end. For your team? The penalties, the six again, comments, the... Anyone who doesn't think those two tries that Jack scored were tries, like I think if he gets clear of Benji there, he scores. But unfortunately, Gula stops in the line. So on a technicality or however the rules written, it's a no try. On a technicality, Got him on a technicality I get where he's coming from. Like any person who disagree, like yeah, I do disagree with you because that's what the rule says. Do I think Benji would have tackled him? No. Benji made the most of a situation. Exactly. He would have hit as hard as a wet paper bag, but Emre Gula stopped in the line, stuck his hands yep. up there, and made it very easy yep. for the referee. The coaching point for Ricky is Emre runs for the line. Yep, and then Corey Harrow were an Iratimey linebacker. He got in front, he baseball slid in front of Gagai, which caught his eye for a second. He had time to probably slide off, but that initial runner in your line puts you off is the reason why he got around the outside and got the space. So same deal again. Clean up your line running, and it's all well and good. So on both situations, I disagree with Ricky. But I just feel at times the way he carries on, oh, this always happens to us. I don't care if I'm the wind. I'm like, fuck. Canberra's not that hard done by. No, they're not. In the last couple of years when they've dug in and built their defense and just stuck in for one another and galvanized as a group, things have been well and good. But right now, I don't think he needs to pour any more petrol on the fire. The less said, the better by Ricky Stewart. No more comments about the Papali situation and the players and this, that, and the other. If you're going to keep throwing shots, do it internally. Have yeah. have an old school piss up if that's the way he does. And I, I know he likes to have a drink. I've seen him have a drink once or twice when it down there after games and getting the group to go. If it's not working, things are broken, people have got beef, get him in a room, get some beers into it. I'm not really about that in the twenty twenty one setup and fucking air it out. Mm. And go, what's the problem? Who who's the issue? Air out your grievances, get back on the same page and let's be the team that a couple of years ago was moments away from winning the grand final. Yep. Let's be that team. Because I'm telling you right now, and I'm sure you'd agree with me. Some of the moves they've made, some of the guys they've rolled in, some of the young guys they've got right now, the window's closing. If Yeah, if it hasn't already closed. And the other thing that they didn't need to hear, and I only saw this today, was apparently George Williams is now feeling homesick, a bit like Bateman. So 12, 18 months out here, 
not much family, not many people have been able to come back and forth, starting to feel a bit isolated. Losing in a bad environment doesn't help feed into those situations either. So it's not what Canberra needs right now. No, it's not what they, they need. They to bunker down and, uh, you know, just keep shit internal. Even if there's a bad result this week or they get close or things are going on, they need to deal with this stuff internally now. It's got to tighten up right away. Tackle three, speaking of clubs uh, in situations, you sent one through to me. The, the whole Knights situation, comments of Adam O'Brien, a leadership crisis there. Uh, what are your thoughts on what's going on? Well, the comments around the fact that he can't motivate his team really concern me. The fact that he's saying that we're not playing like we did last year, I can't get a response, we're not enjoying our footy, that they're concerning comments. And to say them publicly is, is really concerning as well. Uh, and it just looks like on the field they don't have their leader. And I know, uh, I know Mitchell Pearce isn't there, I, I understand that. But he's also not a part of their leadership group. So nah, he smoked bomb. He threw a petrol bomb on the season before it even got going. And this goes back to probably what I said in the preseason. Like, if you have drama, internal drama, rarely does it work for you. Does that season really work out for you? So, yeah, I, I guess that's all I really wanted to say. And I, I think it's a concern for Newcastle. Firstly, because they don't have the troops. But secondly, now because they've got these internal rumblings. They've got a little bit of a crisis of identity. They've got a crisis in leadership. And he's really got some things to work out there because those old, bad, losing behaviours are starting to shine through. And, you know, he said it himself, this season isn't gone, but it's getting close to the point where emergency, uh, I guess the emergency lights are going to start to switch on and they're going to have to start to produce some wins. Yeah, I, I got similar to you just listening to the comments. When, it was just, it was, I've never heard a coach talk like that this early. Well, even the back end, he said, "We're not done Half yet." Peyton. We're not, we're not done yet, but you know, we need to figure out soon what we want to get out of this season. I'm like, well, the Origin period's coming. They probably have a couple of guys go to that. We know that there's a good time to pick up wins there. They've got some bodies to come back, but yeah, it is highly concerning when we also, I guess, just the inconsistency. Last week we thought they had a red hot crack against Penrith, missing troops, and then they turned yeah, they get absolutely lapped against an understrength Roosters and really summed up at the back end of the game when they conceded why the Roosters had 11 players on the field. Uh, that was shocking. And I think the other thing to look at it again, they've recruited well, they've pushed some good juniors through, even with players missing, like, what's their excuse? Mm. They're still a decent side. Yeah. Like, you look at what the Roosters are achieving right now with players missing. You look at the start of the year with a Melbourne, again, not to compare in roster-wise, but when you're missing players out of your spine, or they were missing four origin players for the first few games, and lost to two teams at the top of the table right now by two points. It's, it's not just playing talent, like it's culture, it's the group, it's your attitude. There's so many things that go to it. And I don't know what's going on in Newcastle, but first, you know, after Brown's situation, Brown was the problem. I, the problem here is not the coach. Mm. There's a culture within that group. Uh, some guys have been moved on, some guys have been brought in. There's, like I said, rookies, they've got Frizzell on board this year. There's a bigger issue lying behind yeah, and he here. he sort of said, like, it's uh, being selected in first grade shouldn't be yeah. the be-all and end-all. It needs to be producing... That's right. So clearly, performances and results in first grade. Bringing up what I'm saying again, like, whether it be Brown, whether it be O'Brien or whatever, there's clearly an issue there where some guys are just mailing it in. They're happy to collect a paycheck, play first grade, and that's the end of it. And that's not going to be good enough for the eight, let alone no. the potential to win a grand final. So I don't know how he gets it out of him, but we saw some very angry reactions in the first few rounds. The lob 
of his notepad and you know, he's got a pretty good blow up in him but I think uh, if, if he's lost at this point that's a big way mm. so we'll see what they dish up this week but I'd be a little bit concerned if I was a Newcastle fan with uh, what, what he said at the press conference that's for sure speaking of another club tackle four the Roosters just absolutely ravaged but the way they played the other night considering the circumstances the players are already missing and then at the back end with 11 on the field but they iced it with another try um, I go back to what we said as soon as Kiri went down anyone that said they wouldn't make the 8 just smash it on the table and even right now at this You're point at this point they'll get to origin period with a fucking Jersey flag team they've lost that many players and yeah. I still think they'd beat half the teams in the competition because <clears throat> yeah. they're just that good Def- aside and what I'm more seeing now is the positives out of the situation like we spoke about with what I was hoping would happen with Canberra this year when you miss players and guys get in early get time and progress is that you see a big jump next year. I'm looking at the way Sam Walker's playing right now, going, imagine if you see this right now with all the press that was on Kiri, and you bring Kiri back into the fold, mm. and you've got both of them. Yeah. Obviously, learn how to, have to learn how to play together, but if Walker keeps delivering on this sort of level, then you add back in Kiri, who was considered one of the best halves in the competition. Like, that's a lot to deal with when you play the Roosters moving into the future. Plus, you've got Tedesco at the back. Then you've got Manu, who fills in when he's missing and looks... You know, as good again as 70-80% of the fullbacks in the competition. Like the, the players and the quality they've got in that squad and the way guys just step into different roles and get the job done is amazing. But it is crazy to think the bad luck they had. Like last year in that Parramatta game, bang, bang, Verrills, Radley, within a couple of minutes of each other. On the weekend, already with a swag of injuries. Collins, leg gets trapped under. under. You see like the bone shift, ACL... Brett Morris sort of just loaded up on one leg when he's drifting across field, bang, a couple of minutes later, another ACL and probably more sadder, potentially the end of his career. I have no doubt that if he does the rehab um, with the technology and the way things are going and the form that he's been playing, that he could come back and play. But he was already sort of on a managed training load under the circumstances on now. He's missed games on and off for the last few years. So I guess if he's physically and mentally there to go through that and try and get back, that's all well and good. But if you're already on a sort of managed load and carrying a few niggles or aches and pains for the long longevity career I think it's going to be hard to see him play again but what a player he's been for this generation yeah we well, talked about wingers and we picked our teams during COVID like, I think in this sort of time where I've been a teenager to now an adult I think over that span he's been the he's best he's the best winger. winger I've ever seen yeah <laughs> well like I said in my lifetime right now well, bloody hell when did he come through he, he and was... I don't I don't mean best winger in terms of talent but Consistently producing, yeah, over a length of period, playing reps Australia for multiple clubs, winning premierships, and also gun. People have talked about it before. At one point, the winger was a small, fast finisher. Didn't really carry in yardage. Didn't have a whole lot of skill. Then it was let's get the big body carrying out of yardage, doing this, that, the other. He's almost a hybrid version of that. He's big enough. He's got a strong carry. He's got a good leap. He's one of the best finishers, if not the best finisher I've seen in terms of that position. Over a long period of time, and um, I think the decision by both of them at the back end of the career to align themselves with a club like the Roosters to keep getting the best out of the situation. Like if the way they've played the last year or so, you wouldn't do it on age. But if they were caught upon an injury crisis to play rep football, you wouldn't have any doubts that the Morrises could do a job. But Brett in particular, what a career! Uh, but this Roosters team, they just keep turning up, and they got more bad news today. With apparently Sam Verrills, who's just got back from the ACL, and then having to have a clean-out. Apparently, he's detached his retina. Like, seriously, how much bad luck could you have? Yeah, it's not Friends not there. He's retired. 
Morris, Lamb, Kiri, Billy Smith, who's had a rabid, uh, just a terrible run. The two ACLs on the weekend. Verrill's only back from his injury. Radley was missing from his ACL. Like, they just can't catch a break. No. We're definitely, I think, going to see a few more kids by season's end. And when the origin period comes, I don't know what they're going to do. No. Um, they're trying to finalise this TJ Perinara deal, which is apparently, again, probably not likely to come to fruition until the back end of the season, possibly the last five or six rounds. Man, they could do with him right now, considering their stocks. You've already got Maskey playing up. They might even have to reach for his other brother hmm. at this point in time, or some of the guys they've got playing down. Tommy Deacon, for Christ's sake, played an NRL trial, played SG Ball this year. I can't see him reaching that far, but um, Jerry Lussick, his injury, like, I don't know. But a lot of these guys, Tatafu White, Saluka Fafita, who they've obviously dropped out after his brain snap in the, the Rabbitohs game, there's going to be some bodies they're going to have to call on. Fletcher Baker, there's, there's going to be some guys playing some more first grade, but it's the Roosters. Yeah. Um, they're still going to win some games. I definitely, like we already said, don't think they're a premiership threat, but... I don't think many other teams could do as well as they've been doing with the issues and injuries they've had and heading into an origin period where you can probably guarantee Tedesco and Crichton possibly Tupac. Um Some people would probably throw Radley up somewhere in the mix for New South Wales, but I don't know off his injury if he'll be considered in that role, but minimum two on top of all the injuries and the retirement they've had, which is crazy to think what they're producing still. Yeah, exactly. Uh, as compared to what we just talked about with attitude, culture, and delivery on something like the Newcastle Knights side of things. But, um, yeah. Tackle five. And this one got a bit of a B under your bottom. Old Dave Donahue goes to the Broncos and basically one of his first press conferences had some comments that you definitely don't agree with. It was fucking ridiculous what he said. It was borderline stupidity. Did he? Does he not understand how the NRL works? They've He's complaining about clubs coming in and signing... Broncos players, vultures, as he would describe them, mm. yet half of the Broncos roster are players on overs who have come from other clubs. I, I, it was an absolute head-scratcher. Mm. I disagree, and it's like, do you, do you not I, see what Parramatta and Penrith, and you've done the same thing to Canberra? There's no previous... reward for development. Like, do you not look at what the Panthers are doing at the moment? You took Pungai Jr. off the Raiders. You took Milford... Milford off the Lodge. Raiders, the same thing. Lodge bounced around, but Come again, he's on. someone else's junior. The other thing, the main note for Brisbane here, and everyone's obviously brought up in more recent times, do better with fucking picking when you produce a bunch of players. Look at Penrith right now. Penrith have got players coming out of the yin gang and people like are going, Kirby well, Farmworth, where's Pen- he from? He's not a Broncos. They're going, you know? how's, uh, you know... Jesse that- Arthurs, Gold Coast. Anthony Milford, Tyson Gamble, West Tigers. Matthew Lodge, Penrith. Like, come on, man. Payne Haas, isn't he from... Down here? No, he's up there. Is he? Yeah, There's, they've got some of their Tarita own. Pangai, Canberra. Canberra system, yeah. Newcastle. Like, come on. They've got a handful of their own, but yeah. Half, like your, team, said, half your team is from other clubs, like everyone else in the competition. I think the bigger thing here... Like, Just get better. You're crying poor now. Like Canberra's highlighted this situation years ago when they weren't a big club like the Broncos who were producing players and... Not, not just the fact of getting no reward for junior development. Their issue was they were sanctioning players that the NRL were going to sanction and then they're letting big clubs go pick them up. So at that point in time, the big, I agree. The biggest issue with this is you're a leader, right? And you're setting a standard for your club. You're trying to break the culture. The first thing you do is come in and start point, pointing the finger and looking for excuses. Well, you and blaming up. people. You guys let Reese Walsh just walk out at the Warriors. But and... He didn't, but no. it should be. Listen... We're going to now value out. This, this is our plan. This is what I value. This is what my leadership looks like. Mm. Not finger pointing and blaming, which is what he's done. 
Mm. So the the culture continues; it rolls on. But I suppose that's that'll be Seabold's fault or someone else's fault. Yeah. Because they keep just looking for someone to blame. How about someone draws a line in the sand, and you know challenges what what the current culture is and tries to change it mm. through action and leadership. But I'd say, and Dave, that's that's what they were searching for. Dave Donner here. Welcome to the fucking world of the Paramount Eels, the Penrith Panthers, and the Canberra Raiders, and people like Newcastle. Everyone else who, who produce players and values development and gets pillaged and has to fight. But for years and years, years Penrith got it wrong. Yeah, exactly, and that's the point. Yeah, they're getting it right, and look at the results. And you know the difference. When you get a stockpile, like people are going, how do they let Dane Laurie go? Well, they've got three or four options. So yeah, that's right. They can't hold on to him. And they've got more kids coming through. Oh, how could you let Mansour go? Well, look at Brian Tyler this year. And Staines probably isn't as good in yardage, and he's naturally a fullback. But then they upgrade Taylor May, Tyron May's brother. And Isaac Tago's 18, scoring doubles and triples most weeks, playing cup as a centre. They've got man. players coming through on the back end. And because they're doing well, they've already got guys in the pipeline, or they've got a plan, and they're going, all right. Like right now, if you're a half a penner, if you're screwed. Because you're looking at Luai and you're looking at Cleary and they've already got a couple of guys pushing up behind as well and you've got a Burton who's sitting there going, well, I know I'm not going to get a run. Mate, he I'm probably could have the team list here for Ron Massey on the weekend. We've got Sony Luke bumps back. Mm. Sony Luke could comfortably play in the NRL. Mm. But like you said, yeah, that's, that's, do, the, that's the depth of what they have. On, do a better job on, on what you value and they got enamoured with these forwards that they had and they paid overs to keep every single one of them and they're going, oh, well, Tommy Dearden's just left, who they didn't make an offer, mind you. Reese Walsh isn't here. Yeah. Sam Walker is got like all these guys are gone. It's like, well, that's on you. 100%. Like, your most valued positions generally in the game today, and even more so than ever, are your spine positions. I'm not saying you pay a million dollars for every single one of them, but if you've had a swag of spine positions, walk out and go play for other clubs in the last five or so years, that's on you. Yeah. That's your judgment. If you're enamored with all these forwards, half of them who haven't panned out, or even right now, like, I don't know how Brisbane fans think, but all this talk about paying six hundred thousand dollars for Xavier Coates or six fifty, I wouldn't pay him that much. I still think I think he's super talented, but again, we talk about salary cap management and where they are right now. Xavier Coates doesn't fix the fucking problems that the Broncos have. Getting a half or a nine or a quality number one would be my priority, not a winger. Yeah, it's not a knock on Xavier Coates, but that doesn't fix their problem. That's similar to the issue right now with having Lodge on eight hundred thousand dollars and not being able to move him or Pungai, all these guys that they've paid up and they've got all this money locked up in forwards, or a Flegler who's clearly gone backwards since his debut. Like, it's You need to place a value at some point on positions. The fact that Reese Walsh and someone brought up, oh, but he got paid three, 400000 Well, fuck, he looks pretty much worth 300000 400000 How did the Knights start to establish their rebuild? Nathan Brown went out on a limb, looked at Kalen Ponga, who the Cowboys were like, we're not paying, and said, fuck, he's that good, I'll pay for him. Because it's a key position. He looked to be an exceptional talent and that value rolled on into other players coming to the club. At some point, like you said, you've got to break the cycle and Dave Donnie, welcome to the world of development clubs. Yeah. Do a better job at picking and choosing who you want to keep. Build up a nice stock line. Get yourselves in a good position and that's the other flip side of it. Until they get themselves back in a respectable position, you probably will lose more and you're going to have to pay overs. So development's one thing but having an environment they want to stay in is the second part of it. Correct. But welcome to the world of development. So there you go. That was tackle five. And tackle six, I've got a couple of things here. I had rookie impacts, the, the swag of injuries we had from the weekend. But uh, the one other one that I've got there that only sort of popped up the other night, which I found interesting, was <laughs> Matty Johns saying that he, Andrew, and Sonny Bill Williams would be interested in coaching Samoa and trying to get Samoa to be 
a powerhouse in, you know, the form of, say, what Tonga did to Australia and lead them into the next World Cup. Like, the only thing I found a little bit awkward out of all this is I'm pretty sure Matt Parrish is still attached to that job and has been involved for a long time. And it's all well and good when people throw their weight behind something or say we can come in and fix it or change it. And I have no doubt they probably have more pulling power than, say, a Matt Parrish. Um, but I found that just a, a, little bit, a little bit awkward if I'm Matt Parrish sitting at home and they're going, Sonny Bill and the Johns brothers want to take over the Samoan job. I'm like, okay. I've been putting in the groundwork and here for a little bit of time, but um, I didn't know what to make of that, to be honest. I think it would be good in the sense that yeah, they probably will attract a few more players, and they've, they've got some pretty good options uh, in realistic. Like Penrith alone have six or seven who are eligible. Toto, Crichton, May, Luai, you've got Josh Papali, who's uh, obviously available. Spencer Lenu, Bunty Afoa, Martin Tapia, Josh Allier, the, the Leilua brothers, Joseph Paulo, Joseph Tavunga, Dylan Brown, David Nofaluma, Anthony Milford, not the best form, obviously, but Nelson Asafa Salomono, Tino Fasul, Malawi. There's some really good names there. Yeah, 100%. Um, and I, I want to see the international game grow as well, but it, yeah, it almost seemed, I don't know, planned, if you could put it. At Luai, Toto on, both aligned uh, with the Samoan side of things or have Samoan heritage he drops on the TV show if I'm Matty Parrish I'm not saying like you know if you get your violins out for Matt Parrish but I'm kind of sitting there like okay yeah oh, pff, I don't know what to make of it I, I don't know it, neither they, they don't coach it, it makes a mockery of coaching in my opinion that they can just say yeah give me the job yeah okay get mm. it it's the whole form of player thing but they'll, they'll, get, they'll probably get the job and Parrish will be out on his ass when Parrish has done the majority of the work. Mm. I but guess the that's, side that's of our game. Like until our game values coaching and blokes who have done the groundwork and understand the game. And I'm not saying that the Johns boys don't understand the game, but there's a whole heap more that goes into coaching an international team. Like I think you're taking the piss and you're discrediting the work that goes on in international rugby league by just saying, "Oh, yeah, we'll come and do it." Like, it's not the Cessnock Goannas. It's it's an international team who are going to have to play against Australia, England, New Zealand. And, you know, you're going to have to build development. Like, unless they're just saying, we'll coach a team and someone else looks after all that. Mm. That was probably more the side I, I'm looking I, at. I don't know. I'm I, thinking Parrish should be dealing with a whole lot more attached to the whole Samoan setup rather than just, I'm I sure, want to coach I'm sure, he, I'm sure he would. Be. And we've got some good players. And, yeah. And, again, like, Matt obviously has done some individual work with some halves or can come in and look at some stuff. And well, so is Joey. Joey mostly halves coaching, etc. as well. But it was no different when, you know, Freddie, for most people, good player, this, that, now that he should be an NRL coach. They didn't exactly go two great guns when he took over the Roosters and actually learnt what it was to be, you know, responsible for a whole squad, junior development, contracts, player morale, the balance of it. Like, this is a completely different setup. But I'm more on the side of you. There's a lot more that goes into it than just saying, we'll coach them out at the next World Cup because we might be able to get a few more players across. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I kind of understand that, but for the growth of international game, are you long-term? Or is this just a one-off thing for the World Cup because you think you can pretty, put a pretty good side together, which they definitely could. Mm. And you might be able to pull a few more away, but if I'm Samoa, rugby league, or I'm any of those players, I'm like, well, if you want to coach and have you three all on board and probably bring some sponsorship money, bring more perspective to this and try and help Samoa get to the level that Tonga got to when they beat Australia... Like, are you on board? Not just, oh, we'll do it for free and we'll coach the World Cup. Like, are you like, are you here mm. permanently every single year, year in, year out? Are you going to do development 
in Samoa, you're going to try and get more guys that qualify to stay on board and not play for a tier one nation like New Zealand or Australia if they can. Like, it's got to be exactly what you're saying. Not taking the piss for a one-out thing because you think you can put a good side together for a tournament. Like, if you want to coach Samoa and you think they should be like Tonga, get on board, stick it with the long haul. Mm. So, yeah. Just found that one a little bit interesting. But there you go. There's the set of six for this week. And uh, now jumping into the power rankings brought to you by the Penrith Solar Centre. Tackle your rising power bills this season. Head on with the help of Solar Energy. The team at PSC are passionate about helping Western Sydney Sinbin rising electricity bills for good. Find out how Penrith Solar Centre can make you and your family the real big winners this season with quality solar solutions. www.penrithsolar.com au for more information or give them a buzz on 1800 20 29 30 today i think uh saw the other day the old man just had another 12 panels put on so he's got an absolute swag on the roof there mm. his bills were basically already null and void but now he's pumping more back into uh the system so he's getting credits happy days good long-term investment so again we say it all the time we're both on board with solar our family is i work in the electrical industry and let me tell you with all the changes we're going through and uh, some of these deals with it now being mostly privatised, your bills are not going to be getting any cheaper. So, great investment. Penrith Solar, there is none better. Get on board with them today. But number one, Penrith Panthers. Yeah. Don't think much needs to be said about that. I don't even <clears> think <throat> they've played their best football the last few weeks, but when you're winning, you just win. Correct. Plain and simple. Number two, who you got? Eels. All right. Oh, I've left South there. A uh, couple injuries the other night, but seven in a row. The only loss, obviously, came round one against Melbourne. Yeah, I've got Eels and South on the same level. Mm-hmm. So, so two, number three. three. Three, two. Well, I've got Storm at three. Uh, Pappenhausen missing. Harry Grant and Dale Finuc and a couple of guys missing before that. They've had some ins and outs. They've been a little bit hot and cold uh, in games, but when they stick it together, they can pull the Yeah, I've got the Storm there. at four. So, so. that four, I think, are clearly... Yeah. Like, you could almost just run the comp there now. Like it's similar to you. The Roosters are getting run down. I've got them at five. I've got Parrot four, as yeah. you've said. I think the only glitch to me, I know they beat Melbourne when they were missing those few players, but the loss to the Dragons was very surprising just how poor they were. Uh, Roosters at five, regardless of who's missing. Yeah. They've been outstanding. The fact, again, I only realised looking at the ladder, they've only lost twice still, considering the players they've had missing. I, yeah. I thought they lost three, at least. But, um, yeah, we might see them slide, but... Someone's going to come up and beat him still. The ladder at the moment is very, very awkward compared to usual. There's a Bro, who you got as your bottom three? Well, number six may surprise some, but I put the Warriors in this week. I thought they played quite well, and they've had a lot of injuries. They've got some guys. There's already been a bit of a murmur that one player or two players are homesick again. Yeah, um, I'm going to put Manly yeah. at six. I thought they played Penrith quite well. And I had the Warriors at seven. And I did the same thing. I had the Eagles at seven. I know the record after the three... Uh, wins. Are they even got a winning record yet, or still a losing record? Three wins, five losses, and that they shows. Started nine and four, didn't they? Yeah, isn't there? There's teams in the eight. Their last, their last four, they're um, three and uh, right. three and one. And yeah. who, there's someone in the eight with a losing record, isn't there? At the moment. Uh yeah, the Titans. Yeah, well, there you go. And you got Canberra. Like they're all lined up together. But you want to talk about form? I'm with you. Warriors. Canberra Titans, Manly Knights. Eagles are playing better. And the hardest one to pick was number eight. Cowboys. Because oh, I looked yeah, at it and thought, good luck. the Who Cowboys cares? just lost. I'd probably, probably still stick with St. George, but... Yeah, I, I did as well, but I'm... Based on what? They've lost those few in a who row. Who wins out of... Who, who who wins if Dragons play Titans? Who wins if Titans play Raiders? Who Like, Raiders have already beaten Titans, so... Mm. 
I suppose you'd rank them above. Who'd win out of Raiders Dragons? They're both going worse than what they were when they played, though. Um, I'd probably stick the Dragons there just based on what they've done. I thought if the Cowboys would have jagged win on the weekend, they would have found their way in, but, you know, started poorly first half, second half too late. But realistically, there's that top five and then there's daylight between a lot of them. Yeah. I think if the Warriors uh, top, were... I think top four, Daylight. Yeah, if the Warriors were a bit Based healthier... Based on injuries. Showing some of the form that they have, they, they might have jagged another win or two. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's it's a very awkward ladder. There's a, there's a lot the, of... The whole thing about the Roosters um, and Melbourne to a degree, they've both been ravaged by injury, and Melbourne have had, obviously, some retirements and changes in key positions... All these knuckleheads saying that there's not enough depth to have another NRL team. The Roosters' second team is in the top four. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So don't tell me that there's not enough depth. Maybe there's not enough depth distributed equally across the teams and you can go into reasons why that exists. But there is enough good players there to have more teams and to expand. Hmm. It's one of those years where... And you're going to make it harder for teams like the Roosters to have such strong depth because those players are going to go elsewhere and look for an opportunity because there's more teams. Hmm. Well, this is one of those years where having a poor start, generally you're saying we need to peg back two or three wins. The top end's been so far and above and the bottom end's been so poor that a team like Manly had historically poor numbers in attack and defence are suddenly now right outside the eight. Yeah, The Titans, like you said... Terrible loss the other night. Still in the eight. Canberra have all these dramas going on. Literally win a game. They're back in the eight. Newcastle's coaches talking about their season. You know, possibly being over if they don't pull their finger out. They're one win out of the eight. Like there's a logjam of teams there that need to figure out what they want to do this year. And then there's four or five teams like the Roosters, like you said, just outside that four that I just don't see falling out because I just think not only are they good as playing rosters, they're too well coached, they're too well run as clubs and. In particular, looking at Penrith, Melbourne, Souths and Parra, like without as many injuries as the Roosters and Dramas right now, I just think that top four is going to glide on through. Unless the origin period is absolutely cruel, but even some of those teams during the origin period and the reduced impact from the way that we set origin up now and some of the depth in their squads, I can see teams struggling to beat some of them without players. Yeah, exactly. So it's, uh, it's going to be hard to knock one of those teams out of the top four, that's for sure. But that is our power rankings brought to you by the Penrith Solar Centre. Again, visit their website today, www.penrithsolar.com.au or give them a buzz on 1800-2029-30. In the reviews of the games from the weekend now, South versus Raiders, we talk about that drama, 34-20. First half, thought they were competitive. Uh, turn up with a bit of fight. Chilly Thursday night down there in Canberra. It's never an easy place to go play. Got in at 16-14. Second half, just I don't know what happened. Everything sort of seemed to capitulate. All the things that they did well in the first half, pressuring, getting up in defence, being better on their edges. They were a little bit aggressive, and Benji in particular picked that out early uh, as the game went on when they were GMing early off the edges and picked out 
Bailey Simonson uh, who was screaming in and it just seemed to go the complete opposite way. They were passive, they were holding off. If they lost one in the ruck, people were saying, is it edge defence's fault or the inside's fault? A lot of the edge defence is dictated to what happens on the inside. Mm-hmm. And some of those tries where they just got picked apart or created three-on-ones is, a matter of fact, more on the middles not doing their job. They weren't working hard for marker. The first three defenders, the ABCs around the ruck, weren't getting off and weren't creating any pressure. The halves were getting deep into the line. There was no inside pressure to make them play early or not execute their plays, and Reynolds, Benjamin, and Cody Walker just skinned them three or four times. And people go, oh, what about Curtis Scott and this person, that person, and, and Rapana on the end of that? Like, if you're on the end of a three-on-one and the inside's not pressure at all and they're just playing around you, you're shit out of luck. you just got to have a guess. you got to go for a pick or hit somebody, but if it's a three-on-one, you, you're basically nutted. Mm. It's game over. But it all starts on the inside. And I, in the second half, I thought all those principles went out the window. Um, the fact yeah, that they were just... They, they look like a team that just doesn't know how to win. Mm. They've got losing behaviour. Disconnected defence, like you said. Errors, penalties. They can't build or maintain pressure. They're, they're things that you need to do in order to win games and beat good teams. And they're just not doing it at the moment. And South, despite their changes in key positions... Yeah, and they're very they just patchy. find a way. Like They're patchy, but they, they can in, score in periods in they, yeah. they put significant um, bunches of points together that just put sides under scoreboard pressure. That's the advantage they have. They, mm. they have such an ability to just run up the scoreboard and put you under pressure and have you look and go, fuck, like, we're, we're, down yeah, we're, by, down we're down by 12. We're down three scores. You know, Titans were down to them by, uh, up by 14 at half time last yeah, week and South really, ran that away like it was yeah. a mini game of football, you know? Yeah, they can reel them off when they want to. And second half, obviously, it wasn't... Particularly in the way that the game is now. Like, you've got to have that ability to, to rack it up. But, man, they they just do it so quickly. Yeah. Well, all that stuff that I just talked about in particular, about working from middles to edges and edges being isolated, like, there was some really poor efforts. And, like, one there where the Kalamatungi pass and Hudson Young literally was in front of him square. He didn't even stick a shoulder in. He just slapped him. And I watched the replay and slow to see, like, did they isolate him? Did they create pressure did they create an opening or a hot like what caused that it was just a shit tackle attempt and a few weeks ago someone mentioned him to play Origin I'm like well how quickly things have changed at Canberra but there's a lot of things that need to be fixed up Uh, they had a late run there when the sin bin happened Uh, obviously I think it was Host who got binned and the two no tries to Jack that Ricky Stewart carried on about but (coughs) by the rule they're not tries correct so don't complain don't complain plain and simple you know, and the stuff about the interchanges and one of the Tapine's wife, she's right. But it's not the first time he's done that. He's done that since the Roosters' grand final, as you've mentioned before to me back in the day. Um, and it's not abhorrent or not irregular, to be honest, that we've seen first grade coaches stuff up their interchanges or forget about players. So in this oh, situation, look. if you're an emotional character like him and you yeah. get a bit lost in the game, you clearly need an assistant there with you and you need to have an interchange playing uh, beforehand. So you're not sitting down for someone who should be probably playing 50, 55 minutes rather than giving him 20-something minutes than eight minutes. Yeah. And also just selections in general. We questioned a few weeks ago, Starling, Hodgson, and Harvili. I know he sees Harvili as an extra middle, which he can play, but you've got three fucking hookers. Pick a genuine middle or pick a genuine outside back or a utility that can cover multiple positions. And the other night, I think Sammy Williams only just returned this week from injury to cut, but I thought, how is there not a half somewhere in the 18th, 19th positions. Like most weeks, I would want to have a half in my 18th, 19th. Whether it's Frawley, 
him or someone else just for peace of mind. If there's one position you're going to struggle to cover for, you know you've got two hookers for the most part the way they like to play. Half is something I'd like to have in my 18th or 19th before a game. Mm. As soon as Williams went down, you're basically saying your steering wheel is Jack Whiten, who's a runner. Starling, who's a runner. Aikens is filling in for Chance, who's also a runner. There was no steering wheel. And Whitehead tightened up that other side defensively, but he's not a half. Yeah. So realistically, they went to that game without any steering wheel, were good for about 40 minutes, then got pulled apart in the second half, and it wasn't until the Sinbin happened that they sort of got their tails up a little bit. But uh, all in all, uh, Wayne Bennett saying he's still not happy, and probably rightfully so. They've won seven in a row, but he is right, in all honesty, that they're very patchy. They play for 20, 25 minutes, but like you said, they're just so loaded with points and talent that they just land multiple king hits on your chin when they get those small periods where they string things together. You just don't see it coming. Yeah, exactly. But Cody, Benji uh, were good again in that kind of combination that they've got going on right now since he's been filling in. Reynolds, Lincoln on the inside. Kalama Tungi and Sue had good games. Campbell Graham, and it, it, it come at a cost with them. Murray was off after 16 minutes. It turns out after the game, Reynolds doesn't need surgery now, but originally they thought possible thumb injury, so he's missing this week. We don't know how long after that. Jackson Paulo, I think he broke something. I, I missed what it was, but he's going to be out, and Campbell Graham is out as well. So they've lost four out of that game. Three who finished it, obviously, under duress and injuries. And, uh, you know, Canberra side of things, there was a few guys that put a good effort in. Aitkins was solid again, Whitehead, Guler, etc. But there was no real standout. And like we said before, too many noise, too many leaks. They just need to pull it all in turn of this week. Do a bit of self-searching, as we've like to said, for one of my former coaches and sort it out internally. No more leaks, no more comments, no more talking to the media. Fucking bad, mean, green Play machine. Better. Let's just take it indoors and let's bunk it down. Play better. Let's do what we did a couple of years ago and get some siege mentality. It's us against the world. Just be better, man. But without all the leaks out in the open. Storm Cronulla. Uh, I can sum this one up pretty easily for you. The first half was shit, in all honesty. Melbourne were horrible. The best part of the first half was Craig Bellamy every time he came on camera. Just absolutely losing it in the box. Cronulla came there, do as they do, shift the football around. Tried to get them on the edges, change the point of attack, move the middles, drop back rows under and find space. For the most part, you know, they had a couple of no tries or things that were denied. Melbourne scrambled, but the second half was just an absolute... Oh, wow. Seven tries. They absolutely bloodbathed them. They pulled them apart in all respects. They rolled through the middle. Harry Grant got to get out, pick, probe, manipulate, jump, set up a couple of tries. Jerome Hughes, who just keeps coming along. Some of those width, I swear to God, and I said this to you on the weekend, he scores the same try at least every second or third week. Three or four wide of the ruck. Nice flat delivery. Spacing's there. Blokes at the back row of the half position starting to look out and worry about what's happening. He just cuts back on the inside, gets through the post. Yeah. Like, uh, it was an absolute captain's run in the second half. Remus Smith on the right-hand side gets a hat-trick. Aaron Meyer, I think the third or fourth of a Victorian to play. Unlucky not to get one of those tries, but... Uh, the second half was a training run. Yeah, but that's Cronulla at the moment. Cronulla yeah. can't string Odie together. And to be fair, they're a club at the moment that are a little bit confused. They're off the field. They're not playing for ADR, though. They're just... No, we saw this two weeks ago. The shot. They're in a transition period. They're trying to get themselves ready for next year. And whenever you've got one eye on next year, you can't have your full yeah. attention on this year. And that's how they're playing. But I've already said it as well, like, some individuals will put the effort in, but individual performances don't yeah, make a not, team not performance. Not questioning no, no. effort. But I'm saying what you're saying. Their, their team performance or what's going as a whole there, to me, was given an excuse and flushed the moment they fired Morris. 
Yeah. Individuals are fighting for contracts, and Fitzgibbon, we already know, is working behind the scenes, and they're talking to Reynolds. Tracy just got re-signed. Talakai got re-signed. But to me, the baby went with the bathwater the moment they fired Morris. Yeah. Everything is now disjointed and connected. It's, it's not about the Sharks. It's about me. Anyone who's off contract or playing for something or anything that's going on right now all went out the window when that happened. Yeah. Um, you're already here, and as we know, Townsend's moving on. Matt Moylan doesn't look like he's going to get an in. They're trying to get Reynolds. They've re-signed a few of those guys. Rudolph's getting off from the dogs. They need to get him. Like, There's too many underlying bits and pieces here. I know the Roosters have enough trust and faith in Fitzgibbon because <coughs> he's a life member and he's been there. But uh, if they were in a different position, I guess injury-wise, where they were healthy, stacked, like Walker in this side now with Kiri and a genuine premiership contender, if his focus wasn't 100% on what was going on there, I, I, I would have been tempted to move him on right now. If I was the Roosters, but uh, that's obviously not the case. But I, I don't think you can see much changing with Cronulla for the rest of the year. I think we'll get a week every now and then where they course, put, a, put yeah, a good game and, together. But and the opposition. Yeah, for the most part, I, I think we're going to have this story of, you know, not that guys are, like I said, playing bad, but as a whole, they're not united. No. It all sort of went the moment they fired Morris and it's now, a, you know, what's my future? What's my role here? Where am I going? If you're off contract, where, you know, what am I going to do? I think it's all out the window. For Melbourne, I don't read much of this game at all, except, again, good to see Harry get back on the field. Nico Hines, you know, his stints does a good job. I heard a lot of talk, a lot of people saying, you know, they buy him or move him elsewhere. I just, it's not a knock on the player, but I just think he's another one of those guys that if he's not at Melbourne, he doesn't play that way. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying not not for him to go somewhere else and play fullback, but if he was a starting fullback at a bottom four club, for 24 rounds, I don't think you'd be talking about it. Some guys, I think, are better off playing in a setup like that where you may only get five to ten games a year for their career, but you're more likely to have a career for another five, six, seven years if you're age mid-20s than what you are to go to a poor club for two to three seasons. Yeah. But that's just my opinion. But Harry, Welchie's been great again. Hughes, like Spoken we said. about this game for too long. Lots Seriously. of guys, but... Um, Stinker. So yeah. is the next game. Broncos-Titans... Stinker. That's it. Move on. 22 nil. Seriously. Three tries from kicks. Azarko caught out of position. Uh, kicked out on the full. They had one try that they obviously created off a bit of nice play there where they tipped inside outside on the ruck there to Brimson. And after 20 minutes, I said to the old man, you said you weren't watching it. This is going to be 100 nil. And then it just completely flipped on its head. Yeah. Uh, they, they got their glut of possession. They found a couple of tries. There was some good football down the other end of the field. Pungai Jr. came up with some good passes and had a couple of good moments. Azarko turned things around with his footwork and some good running of the football. Uh, the sin bin that happened to Brimson, you didn't say that? I didn't say that. The ref that. said it's a second effort and a push. Like Watching it live, I, I just thought it was milked. I thought it was pretty harsh, but that was really the dagger right there. When they let the 12 points come on the board and then he got sent to the sin bin, they found two more tries before halftime, got back into it, started the second half, in a bit of an arm wrestle again, and then it just unraveled. Uh, it, was, it was just soft. Azarko just cuts back inside, and they, they go the distance the other way. Um, the drop out on the full from Fogarty on the back of just things unraveling. It, it, yeah, it wasn't pretty, in all honesty. And I think the peaking concern, and Holbrook brought it up, completions and attacks not an issue, but the defence, he said he feels like he's coaching under 20s again. And Where's well, right? You know, you missing, can't concede 100 and what? 15 or 114 points or whatever or it is. 40, 36, 76, 96, 102. 110. 102 points. That's more than that. But that's in the last three weeks. Is it Manly, Souths? Manly was 40-something, wasn't it? 
36 nil. Then it was 40-30 last week. That's 76. Uh, 106. Yeah, you're right. 112. There you go. So 36, 36, 40 in the last three weeks. Yeah. Um, after starting real tight. And some people mentioned, oh, you know, well, Tino was missing. Like, well, Tino played against Manly. And they got beat 36 nil. So that's yeah. no excuse. Yeah. And you shouldn't be lying on one, relying on one player to I think the we're barometer. a better side with him, no doubt about it. Oh, 100%. It. But if that's your barometer... But he's not winning either, either nah, of those games. It didn't make a difference in that game. No. And, uh, you know, a week ago... People were saying for feet is worth one point two million dollars, and they're off him the other night. I, I must admit, I thought it seemed like he didn't want to try and hurt anyone or lay the smackdown on his former teammates out of respect, which I completely don't understand and didn't really dig in. But I think that's reading a little bit too much into it. How one week he's the best thing since sliced bread, and the next week later, yeah, exactly. everyone's laying the boot in. But uh, it's a team game. It is a team game. Defensively, they were very poor. Their edges were poor. That's the main thing they got to fix. The first few weeks and what we saw at the back end of last year was the opposite of what we'd seen from the Titans of old. We saw scramble, backing up, bit of resilience, defending three or four sets, getting hard up off the edges, creating those things that we're saying that camera down, inside pressure, etc. And the last few weeks, they've just been null and void. Yeah. So um, they need to get back to that. Broncos, like we said, Azarco turned it around. Hass was good. Gamble, attitude-wise, effort and energy definitely made a point of difference. It's only one week, though. Uh, we'll see how they go this week, but... Uh, it's their first win, not against the Bulldogs, in the last two years, I think they said, or however many days. So we'll see what happens. But who have they got? They've got the Cowboys this week. So another Queensland Derby. See how they turn up to that one. Pungai again. Um, some of those passes and what he did, but need to see it week in, week out. Penrith Manly, 28-16. I know it got close in the back end of the game, but I, from watching it, I still never thought that Penrith were under, under threat, in all honesty. And the first half... I think Manly, and you saw it at halftime, were their own worst enemy for the most part. Des Hazel absolutely sprayed them full-time and half-time, but um, I think you said it to me as well because I didn't watch it live at the time. I watched it afterwards. Anytime they got a try or found a way back into the game, they just made an error and hurt themselves. Yeah. Penrith obviously picked them apart as they've done so on that left-hand side. Toto scored a corker. Burton good again. Well, they, were, they were good, Manly. Mm. Similar similar performance to Newcastle the week before. Like they gave Penrith a scare. The, the game didn't blow out as much as it did against Newcastle, but no. yeah, Manly certainly had their chances. Even late, they had they had a chance. They pulled it back to a six point game at one point when Saab scored, I think. So yeah, Morgan um, Harper come up with an absolute corker of a yeah, pass. I there. felt like offensively they troubled more uh, the Panthers more than what Newcastle did uh, for whatever reason. But, mm. It's the most points Penrith conceded all year. So and I think the other thing against Penrith, like you call them luck tries somewhat, but you make your own luck. The deflection, the interception try, like yeah, against yeah. teams like Penrith, Melbourne, you got to take what you can get. Yeah. Uh, but I certainly think Hasler's anger was more towards the fact, like you said, anytime they seem to have found a way to get their nose into the game, they didn't help themselves out. Yeah. Um, I did, again, I didn't think Penrith were their best performance, but. No, it certainly it, wasn't Penrith's best performance. When you're one of those teams, like we said, that's winning, you just find a way to win. As soon as they got near him at the end. Martin makes an effort play, which had two guys covering the ball, including Tommy Turbo. Knocks the ball back in and Crichton scores, and they just take it away. Uh, some good performances again from them. Cleary, the kick restart was smart off the 20. You don't see that often enough from halves. Yeah, it was smart. Good play. Uh, I don't know why they didn't go for a two-point field goal on that, mm. the end of that. Fish, Edwards, all these guys. They Tot-o. sort of threw it out to... I don't know who they threw it. Was it Edwards or Luai that took the field goal? It wasn't even clear. Yeah, I can't quite remember. Martin was good in his stint. Toto, 200 plus again. So I think 
Mick Innes or something else yesterday. I talked about Origin saying like you wouldn't consider him because of his height. I'm oh, like, well, shit. He's only the I, first player you pick. I think he's only win. a centimetre or two different to the Fox. So come on, man. Yeah, the thing you need to consider if that was your worry, who are their wingers? Who's their aerial target to jump over him? Like you just faced Saab on the weekend. Saab yeah. didn't jump over him, did he? Cut it out. Honestly, didn't stop us from picking Mansour and other guys in the past. Like, like what do you get out of him in yardage, which is one of the most important parts of Origin? You pick your, your wingers based on what they do in yardage. Oh, he... There's no and he's going to work his he ass off. He had a 300 metre game last week, and every other yeah. week he's been over 200. He's been ridiculous. Yeah. On, if you're picking the side on form, he's in it. Oh, 100% he's on. Oh. I couldn't believe that. It's like, oh, you get, people are going to jump over him. Like, well, he's not facing Greg Inglis and fucking Israel Folau right now, is he? Yeah. And we're saying about height, I'm pretty sure he's listed at 182. The Fox is a centimetre or, or two taller. So yeah. You're also... Are we trying to find reasons not to pick people? Don't have a complicated it. Reward form. Yeah. Don't find a way to go back to, oh, we'll pick this guy because we... No, no, don't do that. We rewarded form a few years ago, and that's why we won those two series. Last year, we tried to get cute and force a few people in and get extra fullbacks and play guys out of position. Didn't work. If he's the best winger, if he's dominating yardage, which is the hardest part of the game, one of the best and most important parts of origin, and takes those tough carries, and he's playing the way he is, which is outstanding, pick him. Yeah. Plain and simple. Uh, but... Yeah, it's a typical week for uh, the Panthers. Could name plenty of guys, but just keep ticking along. Undefeated. I think their cup side's undefeated as well. I think the flag side's maybe lost one game. So in all those grades that run for the calendar year. Ron Massey Cup, some areas are undefeated. So they're flying. There you go. Which in the four open-age comps that they link into. Well, flag's the only one Penrith with loss. Have, yeah, some areas are undefeated. Look at the flag. Cup are undefeated. Flag lost one or two. They, they lost a shock at the other week. They led 22-0. Dragons beat them by field goal. Lost 23-22. So there you go. Their only loss is an absolute shocker when they led 22-zip and they lost by field goal. So across the four grades, they've got one loss. Yeah. Uh, Manly, thought Cherry wasn't too bad. Harper's been pretty good in his few stints. Tap out a good game. There's a couple of guys there as well. But uh, yeah, Des was furious. But again, with the way this year's played out and the results everyone around him, the poor start means next to nothing because they're in a log jam there for the bottom of the eight. Yeah. Um, they win next week and... They're basically straight back in. The for and against is obviously something they're going to make up a little bit for, but there's plenty of teams around them getting yeah, lapped up now as well. They're so. back in the mix and they're playing good footy. Mm, That's a good good loss. Yeah, against the team a like that. Loss. You can take some confidence from it. Eels, Dogs, 32-10, another one. Um, Doggies just didn't start well. Just a fast start. and It's one of those things when you're one of these teams that doesn't have a whole lot of confidence even off the back of a win. It took to the point where they're down two or three tries to find a bit of fight and a bit of spark <laughs> and it was too late. Yeah, but even the start of the second half, come out and concede a try. Yeah, straight away. I think Parramatta, again, ticking along nicely, one of these teams. You're getting value for money. you got Papaletti who come over, a young guy at the Warriors there with still plenty of potential, playing absolutely out of his skin, probably been the form backer of the competition. Cartwright in the stint that he got last week, I thought, okay, it's against Brisbane. Uh, you know, gets another stint, has good effect there, good confidence, good depth building if you're the Parramatta side of things they're still building in their halves I think Brown's had a slower start to the year than what I would have liked but building nicely there with uh, obviously Moses is playing good and Gutherson's getting his hands in everything and Marnie so I don't think you could say much more they ticked the boxes they did what they needed to do um, the only blip on their radar right now is obviously the Dragons game yep. where they did a bit of eels of old oh, yeah but I, I, the, the Dragons were outstanding in that game yeah they were <clears throat> but I also think they weren't the eels they needed to be they tried to score off every play as soon as they got behind and thought we needed to throw the footy around rather than getting a bit of an arm wrestle and, you know, bunkering down. But uh, right now, that's the only blip on the radar. 
they dominated this game uh, in all areas. And again, all those key players, plus a couple of the forwards. Sevo got a bag again. Papali, like we said, and a few of the guys who brought him in outstanding uh, for the Bulldogs. We pretty much knew this early doors, but I think everything's building towards next year. Yeah. Sadly, again. Um, but yeah, work through guys in the squad, those 15 off contract and who they're bringing in. There's been more talk again this week. They're pushing really hard for Brandon Smith again after that was basically shut down by Melbourne and the club that he wouldn't be leaving a year early. So what happens there? Or if they can jimmy that door back open, I don't know. They obviously announced the signing of another Panther since last week with Brent Naden. They're basically trying to buy half the Penrith team. Hmm. Uh, and I'd go back to the point I made to you when we've talked about this whole time. All these outside backs, and obviously you got Burton going in the halves. They need some forwards. Yeah, they That's like you can buy all the outside. They've already probably overspent on a few guys who aren't playing that well in the outside backs, but it's not going to matter if you've got nothing up front. Mm-hmm. So they need to get the market there, and obviously the nine side of things. But um, yeah, it's definitely going to be a, a, a long year, I think, if you're a Bulldog fan. Roosters Newcastle again blown away and worrying as we talked about in all aspects as far as Newcastle and what we heard after the game the points just rained it was really lacklustre all around just I don't even know how to describe it lack of spirit lack of desire to concede the three or four tries they did in the first 15-20 minutes how easily they were breaking tackles getting offloads creating making Newcastle make second efforts or come back off the line and just pulled them apart. The Walker Masterclass at 18 years old and, and probably more enamoured with the kicking left and right footed. I have not seen somebody ambidextrous with their kicking game since Brad Murray, who was a gun half coming through my age group who the Roosters bought. Um, and he ended up not getting the grade for... I think he had something to do with one of those... He got dragged into the thing with Ryan Tandy. And who was the agent? Was it? I can't remember who the agent was, but I think, I think he was a client. He got a tech, like he didn't, don't think he picked up, but somehow he got dragged. He, it probably ruined him, but the Roosters had a high hopes for him. We played this guy, he kicked goals left and right footed. So if you were on the right touch line, he'd kick with his left, and he was just good with his right. And in game, you pressure the side, he'd swap. Walker's the first one I've kind of seen, seen use yeah, it Sam in game. Sam was his agent. Mm. Well, there you go, how that whole thing played out. You could probably Google Brad Murray and figure out the story, but yeah, he never really bounced back after that, but. The kicks and then the use of the kick. He used like the side of his foot, which sort of made the ball sit rather than kick on. Like it was outstanding. Mm. Not to mention the running, the variation of his passes. We've seen that he's got that nice Harbour Bridge pass. He's not afraid to dig into the line and risk it to get the biscuit. He gets it over the top. He plays short. He pushes through his support, scores. Um, ravaged by injuries out of the back end of that game, but. Himself watching Manu at fullback, like the next time he's off contract, there's going to be some clubs definitely, surely, trying to get him to go and play one. Whether that's what he wants to do, I'm sure the Roosters will make a good offer for him to stay and play centre. But, geez, he's fun to watch when he plays fullback. Um, and all, all the guys in their forward pack chipped in when they lost those guys at the back end. They scored with eleven on the field. Yeah, I, I can't say enough good about the Roosters, and I probably can't say enough bad about the Knights. Their attack. Yeah, yeah we, saw, we summed just, it up earlier yeah. in the set of six. It was just diabolical. Horrendous. But, again, uh, the big one here, I guess, out of that was the Collins and Morris thing. But Morris, what a career. If this is the end, they're talking about him going to coaching and whether he tries to push into next year and do the rehab and come back. Um, he's been absolutely outstanding. And probably fitting, not in the way that he got hurt, but he got named captain because of all the guys that were out of the roost. He's only been there for a short amount of time. And 
veteran of that group, but I, I think it's fitting that somebody like Brett Morris captains the club like the Roosters um, and has that to his name before he goes out uh, in such cruel circumstances. And we're brothers. Like watching that bit at the end with him and his brother in the dressing room kind of broke my heart. Yeah, it was rough watch. In a regard. Um, and Into perspective, you know. Yeah, and another thing, like, we want the coverage, we want the cameras. I know the mic's there and it's hard to turn it down, but they, they couldn't have turned the sound off or got away from him while he was screaming in agony, like, to start with. Like, uh, I found that a bit a bit grim. Uh, I think we've been like, a little bit oversensitive about all of no, it. No, I get that. But they stayed there for, like, a lot. Like, he was literally... Well, what did you want to put the camera nah, on? turn the fucking mics down, something. Yeah. He was screaming okay. in pain. I'm like, I know you got the camera on him while he's down, and you want to know what's going on, but... yeah. Yeah, just that part. It was that's very, the game, though. Like it was very prolonged. That's and I'm rugby like, league. This is potentially the end of someone's career. This is what happens. Yeah, you know? I, I get it. It's but I yeah. Maybe go elsewhere for a moment. You've been here for a long time. We've seen it. Like yeah, yeah. I found that a bit odd. And another one probably there. Uh, Tupa not getting much traps. But you want to talk about yardage or that side of the game? He had a huge night. Yeah, two hundred seventy plus. He just does pro. the same thing every he's week. A pro man. Yeah. Very like we've said it all the time. One of these guys who's played almost a decade now and probably has a couple more years through, who will never, ever get the credit he deserves for what he's done in his career. Mr. No. Reliable. Warriors-Cowboys. Weird game. First half blitz. They looked absolutely outstanding, the Warriors. The attacking shape, uh, putting Walsh in the six, getting Roger back there, Nick Arima, just the speed they had across the ground, the spaces they created, the ball playing, the pass selection. They looked really, really good early on. Uh, got him on the edges a couple of times, pulled him apart. Inside, outside ball, Roger back on an angle. Nick Arima sliding through when they got some second phase. The, the try that came from the fifth place stuff up even off Walsh, offloading back to Tohu, gets it back to the middle. Nick Arima gets it back again, gives it to Murdoch Masilla. The quality of their attack or how they look with Walsh just coming into the mix there in the last couple of weeks and his quality on the football along with Roger and just unleashing Nick Arima or some of that go forward. They look real sharp. Um, second half, Cowboys steadied a bit after a poor start, had some pretty poor misses. Smart and no surprise, they went after the Warriors' right edge, which has Rocco Berry, the young kid who's only played seven games of rugby league, who's just debuted, and they had a late call-up and Edward Cozy on the right wing, his first ever game. He was uh, working in a courier factory apparently a week ago, and then he played first grade, so no surprise they found a bit of love there against two guys that yeah. haven't played a lot of football. Drink water, Talungi. Starting to have a good combination mm. building up and drink water in particular, some of his kicks. The Robson dummy try was absolutely awful, but no surprise. Uh, he's, you know, just seems to be a magnet for the try line. But uh, the back end of the game there, the Warriors just held on. They, yeah. they didn't get any points in the second half, basically. But uh, with that edge being attacked, and I think the possession ended up being 57% to the Cowboys for the game or 55%. They just had to bunker down and hold on, and uh, they've grabbed another tough win considering they've had players in and out and they're living over here again. So uh, for the Cowboys, I guess it's a case of slow start. We saw it against the Raiders, and they were able to pull themselves out of that situation, but not this time. No, nah, the Warriors were good. They're enthusiastic, I thought. And Cowboys, just too many errors and too many just poor periods during games, and they leak. When they're bad, they leak. Yeah. So and then when they're it, good, it can be bad and be a little bit off, but and Warriors are the same. Like they're very similar these two teams in that their habits and and what they do. But no, I, th- I thought the Warriors were good, and the Cowboys have certainly improved. But mm. um, th- they'd be disappointed with that result because it's one of those teams that are around them on the table. 
Yeah, well, like I said, I'm looking at Walsh in the first two weeks just going, how did Brisbane not fight harder mm. in that situation? And again, you want to talk about priorities. You're offering six hundred to $650,000 for a winger when this could have been your fullback for the next 10 yeah. plus years. Yeah. And people are going, well, what about moaning about Vulture? Azarko on the weekend. I'm like, well, Azarko is good with the ball, but he's had two or three years to hold the position down and still can't. Like mm. the difference between his best and his worst and all the aspects of fullback play, he probably can play fullback, but compared to what we've seen from Walsh, in particular on the ball playing stakes and creativity already, and the fact that he goes straight to six and looks just as comfortable there and has a good running game, I'm more likely to take Azarko and go, the best part of your game is your running game and your footwork. You're a good winger. Mm. It's probably your best position. Or yeah, you, I, yeah, I don't know. I want, I want to see Azarko play one in a good side. Oh, in a good side, potentially, some yeah. miles around him. Because he's strong and he's skillful and, you know, I'm not sure he's had every opportunity to no. nail that position down when you're talking about combinations, etc. And he was also one of these project ones who came through the juniors playing all at six. He was a junior Kiwi at six. He was at Cronulla. Yeah. He was a strong ball-running six with a long, good long kicking game and strong footwork in the line who could isolate smaller halves or pick on big guys on the edge. They've obviously, as we've seen, or we know about that development over the years there, whenever there was a good big ball running six, they tried to turn him into a fullback. He was one of these guys and he spent 12 months, dominated the Queensland Cup, got this opportunity, but he's obviously been at Brisbane in this period of time where things haven't been that great. But again, priorities. Um, you're throwing money around for these guys that we're talking about or still waiting on stags and the offer they've got there and all the time they've been bugging around and whether it be 300, 400,000, whatever it was for Walsh, I think the Warriors got to steal. Mm. That's only a couple of games, but realistically, it's a vital position. They've lost Roger to a check and if you can't see what many saw in him and all his junior pedigree and everything at Brisbane uh, and you're prioritising for a winger or, you know, all these forwards that they've re-signed, uh, you, you've stuffed up. Yeah, okay. Plain and simple. Um, but yeah a couple of good performers for the Warriors there and under duress like we said with a lot of guys out Sheck Walsh Nikarima Tohu Murdoch Masilla before he got KO'd Curran's been good the last few weeks as well but Cowboys um, Drinkwater had some moments again just offered him a new contract interesting how that plays out considering they've now got Dearden Townsend Torlagi Holmes with a few okay moments but um, yeah I think the big difference here Warriors only 13 misses ineffective was 10 Cowboys 30 misses and 25 ineffective tackles. So you combine that together. Uh, just not good enough defensively. Last game to finish off, Tigers-Dragons. The wheels were right off this one in the Dragons. And I think the bigger thing here, the mainstay of all those wins when they got that streak going was getting back to what they did really well those few years. They dominated and had that really strong pack that the majority of played origin when they still had Hunt and Whittock first combining was their defense. Attack come from their defense. Everything good come from the back of their defense and after a couple of really, really good weeks and getting those four wins and the big result against Parramatta, it's slowly just tapered off. Bad loss. Roosters game fired up with the spirit of the Anzac Day. First 25, 30 minutes looked like they were right on top. Get blown out in that one and then turn up this week, miss almost 50 tackles, have a bunch of terrible errors like Sims, five misses, three errors. Kerr's had some barriers the last few weeks with his hands. Benny Hunt, Second game back and misses eleven tackle. They were they were their own worst enemy. Like full credit to the Tigers for getting the job done, but the Dragons, well, yeah. Well, what do you say? They just they like you said they're their own worst enemy. They just 
couldn't contribute more to their own downfall than what they did. Uh, and the Tigers, like they, they were looking for that type of game. They were looking for that type of opposition. They wanted to grind away a win like they did. And the Dragons just made them do nothing hard. Yeah, well, I couldn't agree more there. But even at the back end, when Cini or Cheney got a... I can't remember which one it is. Cini, Cheney. Should know. Cini's the Penrith boy, and he's from our school as well at Dommies. But once he grabbed that try uh, and the wind kind of went out of the sails a little bit, it just felt like the Dragons were one-outs and couldn't get out of their own end. And any time they got an opportunity or whatever, again, again, one play one or two. Yeah. Drop ball, error, getting a good ball, drop the ball. Like, just... They were their own worst enemy. Um... Dane Laurie had an absolute field day. Got his nose through a bunch of times. Dewey had a good game. And I think, again, when things are going well and guys are bouncing off and the pressure's off him, I think Brooks, kicking game-wise, some of the running, always looks better when things are going well. Uh, the late try to lay Lua, obviously ice things and a uh, bit of pressure after the week they had last week and some of the comments and stuff that were flying around and probably a good opportunity. As you said, lights out in Lamia. Uh, they got your mob this week, who definitely need a bit of a bounce back game. But it's potential here for the Tigers to try and get to, and take a little bit of heat off. But it's it's a game that both teams definitely need to win. Definitely, yeah. But from the Tigers' side of things, like you said in this game, certainly uh, a lot better than the Dragons in terms of self discipline, errors, penalties, etc. But the missed tackles and the ineffectives, the penalty count, the errors, sixty-seven completions to eighty-three, just yeah, terrible. Laurie. Dewey, those kind of guys uh, all playing a vital role and it's always nice to see some fresh blood and well overdue with some of the guys that thought Maguire should have dropped earlier and, and Cheney was basically number one in all the categories in New South Wales Cup, meters, tackle breaks, etc. Um, so rightfully so. If you're playing that well, reward form. Yep. And quite enjoyed seeing all the mad Penrith locals that he had come watch him almost take up a whole bay in the crowd there. People taking their shirts off. A couple of uh, terrible mullets but Always great to see that stuff on debut. Enjoyed last year just after COVID when Charlie Staines had his few mates in the ground and they're all in the beers in the corner going mad, but it's always good to see. So, congratulations to Zach. Get him down your neck, son. Another Rift boy. Playing first grade. Another Dommies boy. So, there you go. But that wraps up the reviews for the rounds. Tips, previews, charity bets brought to you by bluebet.com. There is no one better than the Aussie bookie box heads. Uh, get on board, bluebet.com.au or download the app today. Bet with Bluebet, support them, just like they support us with the charity bet. And uh, we had a win on the weekend. Again, as we tend to do, life uh, hits you. Missed the first few games, completely forgot. Sat there on Saturday and thought, oh, crap, I've, there was two or three bets I probably would have liked to have had. Was about to message you, saw the Roosters game and just had a bit of a feeling about Walker or Crichton, I thought. Crichton was paying a little bit more. Back Crichton, scores off the grubber. Walker scored a couple later. I thought, boom, could have gone either way, but 130 more in the kitty. Happy days. So $296.50. That's two out of five so far, but hopefully we can get a few back-to-back now and get the ball rolling. But it's always nice when it happens early. George Williams scored in the first half of the week for us. Crichton scored halfway through the first half. You can sit back and smoke cigars. And as we said, thank you to Bluebet for supporting us uh, with the charity this year, Bears of Hope. Download that up, go to that website. But tips from the week just gone, you got five, I got six, Gossip five, and Roast. Roasty's got uh, seven, so he now leads on 46. Gossip is on 45, I'm on 44, you're 43. So it's been a rough few weeks. 
uh, with a few games mm. and a few results that probably not so much not expected, but um, yeah, there's there's been some upsets to be had if you're willing to tip them, and you know, I unfortunately haven't been tipped many of them. Yeah. And neither of you. So yeah, yeah. we're falling to the bottom here behind Gossip and the Roast. So hopefully we can pull ourselves back in. But let's kick it off. First one for this week should be a blockbuster, but unfortunately there's been some injuries. Rabbitohs up against the Storm Stadium Australia Thursday night. Big, big swap around here. Adam Reynolds possibly avoided having that thumb surgery as we talk about, but a huge restructure here. Benji Marshall pushes into the seven. Cody Walker goes from fullback back into the 5'8 jersey. Alex Johnston takes place at fullback. Jackson Ploy out with that wrist injury. New wingers, Stephen Masters and Tane Milne. Can't remember the last time he played. Uh, come through... Man, he's been at a few clubs and had some opportunities, but finally back in. I think Warriors was his last stop. Braden Burns, back from that long-term knee injury. He played his first game of New South Wales Cup last week. He's in the centres for Campbell Graham. Tabita Tatola, back from a head knock with Jai Arrow moving to lock to cover for Cam Murray, who's out with Syndesmosis. Jed Cartwright returns from an injury on an extended bench, but obviously there's still another troll for a few more weeks. For Melbourne, it's only good news. Asafa Solomona back from concussion. George Jennings back as well. So I think Chris Lewis, who was on the bench last week, is out. And Dino Amaya, the fourth Victorian to ever play for Melbourne Storm, is relegated. Harry Grant maintains the starting role. And Brandon Smith holds on to that 13 jersey. Pappenhausen still missing. Uh, but for the most part, nowhere near as much interruption for the Storm as there is for South Sydney. So I'll be sticking with the Storm. Storm. Round one. Uh, they obviously fought back. But Jeez, with short odds. some of those uh, injuries, even though they're travelling up here, um, yeah, I, I find it hard. They've already had some changes the last few weeks, but now Reynolds... Murray, Latrell, Campbell, Graham, etc. That's a lot of outs. Uh, sticking with the Storm and with Blue Bet, you're right. It is short. Melbourne, dollar thirty-three favorite traveling up. South Sydney, three dollars thirty-seven and a half is the start you get there with Blue Bet on South Sydney. If you're keen on that one, think it's going to be close. Early Friday night game in our neck of the woods. The Penny Panthers up against the Cronulla Sharks, and for the Panthers, Kurt Catewell has a rib injury. He's been named, but he'll have to prove his fitness. Otherwise. They will roll on as normal. Liam Martin's been in superb form and could slot into that spot if he is unavailable. And uh, with the same match day 17 name, the only change is to uncapped rookie Jermaine Hopgood, who's in the reserves in place of uh, Brent Naden. So, again, haven't seen much of the cup this year, but they're obviously undefeated, so there's plenty of guys doing a good job, obviously. Absolutely. Hopgood's yeah. come through the juniors at Penrith. Uh, on the flip side of things, the Sharks, they had some injuries last week, but they get a couple back. Jesse Raymond's back after a glute injury. Teague Wilton goes back to the interchange bench. He takes the place of Hamminuelli, who's going to be missing for at least eight weeks after his leg got stuck in that tackle. I think it's another syndesmosis. Andrew Feeder failed to earn a recall, despite completing a three-week suspension from reserve grade. Matty Moylan is still out as well with a quad injury, and Muli Talo. Uh, he's been pushed back for at least another week from a knee injury. So, uh, yeah, it hasn't been a great couple of weeks, and I definitely don't see it getting much better. As spoken about, if Catewell is out with a bit of an injury, they replace him with Martin. Fisher-Harris, I think they said, come off with a bit of a knock on the weekend. If that happens, Laney rolls in, and they just roll in either Scott Sorensen or Hopgood, but they're loaded across the park. They're at home. We've been, they've been sold out every home game so far as far as COVID capacity. It's not a place you want to play. Uh, Panthers. Panthers 
Panthers, Panthers. And uh, yeah, could be ugly if they dish up what they did last week. Cronulla and Bluebet agree. A dollar ten favorite the Panthers. Seven dollars for the Sharks and minus seventeen and a half is the line. We won't be attending that one. We've got birthday dinner for our old man, but we'll definitely have that well, on the TV. Talking, he's talking about postponing and moving it or something. He's got some problems with his brain. That oh, well, if so, we might be on Beer Hill then. But if not, second Friday night game. No, mate, I'll be at training. Ah, boo. Should be a cracker. Um, but obviously, again, Roosters under a bit of duress, but Eels up against the Roosters. What's this, the late game Friday? This is a late Friday yeah. game, so still should be a good one. But Parramatta, same 17 as last week. Nathan Brown is named despite looking to miss, miss a week. Uh, it was a hit pointer. A lot of people thought it might have been a hamstring or ACL, but the way he went down first and touched there, I thought he might have done a glute or something. But Junior Paulo, he's back starting at prop after a late switch with Oregon Gafusi. Wanga Blake is going to wait at least another week to make his comeback. I stick by what I said the other week. With the form of that team right now, Wanga Blake can go play New South Wales Cup, in my opinion, until uh, either Murata or Opacek has a bit of a bad run or things start to fall apart because defensively right now they're getting a whole lot more and even still enough in attack than what they get from the Rocks and Diamonds they get from Wonga Blake at times but yeah. the Roosters like we said it's been an absolute nightmare Tedesco has come back this week from the head knock but obviously the loss of Brett Morris and Lindsay Collins both to ACL injuries Sia Tokiaho has to come in to start Ben Maskey's got to start uh, been caught up, sorry, from the interchange to slot straight into hooker because Semi Verrill's the poor bugger, can't catch a break. He's detached a retina. So that's just cruel. Oh. Adam Kieran, who got injured in his first game for the Roosters, is now the utility on the bench at 14. Nat Butcher's named to take over in the back row for Satili Tupanua, who's been suspended for a week for a shoulder charge. Jared Rhea Hargraves is the only holdover from the interchange bench from last week. Lachlan Lamb has been named to make his return on an extended bench, but. And they can't catch a break. And looking at their extended bench, who's in this week? Egan Butcher, Nahafu White, Lock and Lamb, Sawali. I can't see him playing, even though everyone automatically drew that bow. With Tedesco back, Mona goes back to the centres with Morris, Tupo, Ikevalu. He's played enough good games on that side of the field. I'm sure, again, they don't want to throw him to the Wolves straight away, even though I think he more than handle himself. But uh, Hutchison and Walker. Hutchison and Walker have been working well together. He's been doing his job. Just let Walker play his natural game. The team's... Obviously blended really well around him. Maskey starting at nine and Kieran, I know I think they exclusively played him at nine last week, even though he obviously plays more as a six, but that's just the situation they're in right now. Uh, and Fletcher Baker and Saluka Fafita getting that call up back onto the bench. Baker's had some okay moments in games, but he's definitely going to see some more field time now. And uh, I think Fafita definitely owes a bit back to Robinson after that brain snap in the, the game against Big time. the Bunnies there, but... Parramatta, bar that one potential change with Brown, I, I think I'll get the Eels. Yeah, I'll go Parra. Just, uh, it's a big ask for the Roosters to keep backing up with all the losses they've had. And the odds of this one with Blue Bet, the Parramatta Eels, a dollar fifty-seven favourite. So still plenty of respect there for the Roosters, who are two dollars forty, minus four and a half, the line in this one. The early Saturday game at Wagga Wagga. Two teams desperate for a win and needing to kickstart their season in the same spot there with a win, which can take them straight back into the eight. It's the Raiders against the Newcastle Knights. So looking at uh, the Raiders side of things, Papali makes a return after mostly hearing that he wasn't going to be back this week. But veteran James drops out of the squad. Williams is also expected to come back at halfback. Uh, Josh Hodgson and Jared Croker have both been delayed, though, for another week. 
Sebastian Chris has been named despite that ankle injury. That looked terrible last week, but he still played on, so interested to see how he goes there. And on the Newcastle side of things, the 18th man, Phoenix Crossland, has been brought in to replace Blake Green, who suffered a rib injury in that Roosters game. Palmer Hunt's back on the wing with Stafford Tower dropping to the bench. Lachlan Fitzgibbon and Tex Hoy have been named to make their return on the extended bench, and Edric Lee is still a week away. Flip a coin with the way these two teams have been playing, but I'm going to tip the Raiders again. Raiders, yeah. Not with a whole lot of confidence, but um, hopefully they've mended some fences this week. But to Pine, he's still riding the Pine. So see how the interchanges go this week. Otherwise, his missus might be back on Instagram raging. Yeah. Uh, Parley back. Some interesting comments. Interesting to see how he's going to go this week. Um, yeah, interesting all around to see if there's a turnaround in either side. Attitude wise, but the odds of this one with Blue Bet, the Raiders a dollar forty six favorite, two seventy for the Knights minus five and a half, is the line there. Tigers Titans lights out at Lamia. Here we go, five thirty Campbelltown on Saturday. Tommy Talao's out suspended. Moses Umbai has been named in the centers. Jacob Little comes on the bench to cover for Umbai moving into the starting side. Still no James Roberts and Zach Sini enjoys. Uh, you know, a good debut last week and holds that spot on the wing. For your mob, the Titans, Tino is back, which is a big boost and well-needed. The mullet is back. Moiaki Fotuaka, who was good on the weekend, drops back to the bench. Corey Thompson, uh, that was really bad. Yeah. His ankle, eight weeks, syndesmosis, that's cruel. Both of all comes into the centres and Philip Semi moves to the wing. Isam Masters is named in the reserves. New signing today for the rest of this season in 2022. Um... And he replaces... Sorry, he's on the reserves along with Jamie Joliffe and Sam McIntyre there. So, possibly a late inclusion for Fumal, Yeah. if they go that way. But I heard two today. So, Masters immediately released and the Titans obviously picking him up for the next 18 months. And Paul Turner was released by the Warriors today as well. Apparently, the Titans have signed him. So, he's obviously just had a shoulder reconstruction. But I've liked a few games I've seen of Paul Turner coming through this system. So another half in the pipeline there. Yeah. Um, someone to work on and develop, but at, I haven't seen an announcement for that one yet, so keep your eyes out for that. But On another off-topic, uh, the IPL has just been cancelled in Ooh. India. India's wow. going absolutely crazy right now with COVID. So I haven't uh, probably watched as much of the news the last few days about you know people not being able to get home and whatnot, but mm. things have certainly uh, escalated in a very short span of time. Oh, big time. That's for sure. But what do you got, mate? Your mob, can they bounce back or is it going to be the Tigers? It's Campbelltown, isn't it? I'm going to go to the Tigers, not with a whole lot of confidence, but that's only because your mob's burned me twice in the last three weeks. And I tipped them against the Raiders and they burned me too. So I don't have a lot of faith right now. I'll tip the Titans. Tino back in. He's big. Yeah, please. They're both Irish so, teams. They obviously Should need. be $1.90. <laughs> Each of oh, two with blue bet, you're the favourite. The Titans, a dollar fifty three. Yeah, two fifty. I'm not taking a dollar fifty three. No, I'll take the two fifty. Minus four and a half is the handicap there, and uh, the Queensland Derby finishes things off at uh, North Queensland's Queensland Country Bank See, it's Stadium. Not a derby, they both they're rubbish. It used to be a derby when they were good. 2015 grand final, what that's about, a derby, that's it, a rivalry. Was it four games in a row there, finished by a field yeah. goal? I remember that run. Like, think about it now, please. Don't call it, that's an insult to call it a derby. Hey, come on. For the Queenslanders out there, it's still yeah. a derby. They had each other. 
Uh, Jake Clifford returns in the seven. Benny Hampton's out with a pec injury in other changes there. Jarvid Bowen comes into the centres for Justin O'Neill. Mitchell Dunn returns to suspension in the reserves. And Hamiso still missing with a leg injury for the Broncos. There's no changes. Gamble and Milford in the halves again. So looking to see how they play this Oh, they clicked in the halves. Oh, of course they did. And Katoni Staggs is a chance for Magic Round next weekend. And again, interesting around his contract. Still nothing. Yeah. Um, now they're talking about being linked to Newcastle. That's dragged on forever. Cowboys, please. Something needs to be decided. But the odds here with the blue bet, $1.57 for the Cowboys, $2.40 for the Broncos, minus four and a half is the line. You're going the Cowboys? Yes, sir. Yeah, I'll get the cows at home. They're good for a couple of weeks there. Get back on the arm wrestle, but we'll, we'll see. I've gone the wrong one. Good work. Manly Warriors kick us off on Sunday at Lotto Land. Lotto Land. Further turn. Brook Vale. Big blow for the Sea Eagles. Josh Alloway and Martin Tapao both out. Sean Kepi moves in the front row and Hamola <laughs> Olaka R2 goes from the interchange bench into the second row. Cruel with Alloye in particular. He may miss up to 12 weeks with a wrist Didn't injury. Didn't they just play each other? Yeah. Wasn't this first game the Seagulls won? So they played four yeah, weeks ago. literally. What a joke. It's fucking ridiculous how the draw works like that. Well, a few people... Yeah, no, really kidding. So, like, so the Titans have played the Broncos twice already. Or even us at South. Like, we've played twice in eight weeks. Why don't you save one for the back end of the year uh, heading to the finals? So dumb. You've doubled up. Anyway. But, yeah, LIA, huge blow. Tap out of the concussion, also a huge blow. Um, that reshuffle there. Moses Sully's is back from a back injury. He's on the bench. And Jorge Tafua is back on the reserves list and is an outside chance of playing. I think Jorge. he's I think he's off a Achilles tear. So that's always a hard one to come back from for the Warriors. After a head knock last week, Murdoch Basila has not been named. And man, was that a head clash here with Tal Malolo, who did not feel a thing. Big Murdoch there. He was down for the count. And uh, Alessia Katara returns in the second row in a positive piece of news for them. Chanel Tabita Harris has been named on the reserves after looking like he was going to be out uh, for much longer. But I was a bit torn on this one. But now that uh, you're telling me the two front rows are out, I know it's at Lotto Land and they've generally got the wood on the Warriors. I'm, I'm going to have a sneaky crack on the Warriors here. Mm. You're no. going manly, I know. No, thanks. You're a manly? Yeah. Manly. Manly. But, uh, yeah, obviously at home, and they've got a great record against the Warriors. It seems to be their bogey side, but Aloe and Tape out, that's uh, that's big. Debutant on the bench, Zach Sadler. It's been a long time coming for him. He's got a run in the Indigenous All-Stars for the last two years, but he, I'm pretty sure that's his debut. So him and Talfo are simply sorely... Cust, uh, Kepi and Paseca start in the front row. Yeah, interesting. But uh, I tell you what, don't know if you saw much of that game. Rocco Berry, some quality touches for a guy who hasn't played much football. Mm. Come from Union, only a baby. Some good signs there, obviously, between him. Walsh, who's in the six again this week. Um, would have been nice to see them with a few of these guys that are injured playing. And for Noel Blake up against his old club would have been good. Yeah. But, yeah. Not with a whole lot of confidence, but we'll see what the odds are with Blue Bet. And uh, Manly, the favourites at a dollar forty-seven, two sixty-five for the Warriors. Six and a half is the line there, and things wrap up with the Dragons up against the Bulldogs. Oh, Dragons. That's one for the mothers. Here you lost go. Lost a couple, won four in a row, lost three in a row. Let's see if they can break the streak. Have a stinker on but, Sunday afternoon. Yeah, here Jeez. we are. Terrell Fumano has been named in the centres to take the place of Zach Lomax, who dislocated his thumb. And despite a rib injury last weekend, Cody Ramsey has been named. Matt Fagai is named on the reserves list and could come in if Ramsey does not play. 
Ravalara and Pereira obviously still suspended. And Poasa Famasuli returns on the bench following a week suspension. Dallin Watin Zelezniak is back at fullback. Meany goes back to the wing. Dylan Narp has been named despite pulling out after about 15, 16 minutes last week. That shoulder injury. Renault Fatoni or Arva Siobhan Ufanai are named as potential backups. And after returning from New South Wales Cup on the weekend, Lachlan Lewis is on the reserves list. I'll go the Dragons because they have to. Yeah, Dragons. They just have to. If they go four wins, four losses, crazy. But again, the last few years when the Bulldogs have been in the hole, I'm pretty sure they've beaten them a couple of times. This has been a bogey game for the Dragons as well. So uh, definitely not safe. And uh, I wouldn't be betting. Three seventy five. I wouldn't be betting on the Dragons at dollar twenty seven with Bluebet. I'd be taking the start on the Bulldogs, ten and a half. But yeah, the Bulldogs there with Bluebet three seventy five. Yeah, I'm pretty sure two or three of the last games it's been like this, and it's always been similar. Dragons have needed a win. They've come into the Bulldogs, and I'm pretty sure they've lost two or three of them. Yeah. So this is a danger game, but stick with the Dragons in this case. Yeah. But again. Those odds brought to you by bluebet.com. Get on board.com.au, sorry, and download the app today. Thank you for supporting us and the charity account. I think there's some good value here this weekend, Boxhead. Uh, in particular, Roosters up, uh, sorry, the Roosters, oh no, Parramatta, sorry, almost been sixty against the Roosters with the players they've got out. I don't mind that. Mm. Uh, as far as others go, I think the Warriors at 265. I don't know if I'd take the bet, but the value. I think the Tigers against your mob at 250. It's pretty good value. Yeah. So there might be a couple there where we might be able to take some points or a start. Don't know. I don't like taking underdogs with points. But unless I think they should be favourites. Anyway. Interesting, but we'll see if we can jag another winner. Go another try scorer. For the charity bit, but that's generally been the way. You don't get good enough odds on unless you get like a four or five dollar pot head to head mm. yeah you're right probably try score is the best way to go most yeah. weeks but I hate try score bets but for the charity oh, I enjoy try score bets but I know you do big you thanks do. again to bluebet.com and obviously Penrith Solar Centre get on board with uh, Jake and the lads there no one better on that side of things thank you Boxhead Cheers, Mark. As always, and thanks to all the listeners out there. We've got a couple more reviews pop up on iTunes. It's greatly appreciated. I've had a few other people pop up and say all of a sudden, where's audio boom gone? All I can say, what rock have you How been living under? How long have you been under? fucking listening for? We've gone to Acast, said at the start, all the links I've posted up are to Acast. Okay, get on board. Spotify, other ones as well. And back to normal now. Rate, review, and as always, any questions... You know, we won't get back to you all the time straight away, but we'll do our best and we'll always answer them. But for now, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. And I should say, happy Mother's Day to everyone out there. Yeah. To the great women and everyone's mums. Good times. Enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where are you, what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 